podcast recording at the Moot Contemplative Service on the second Sunday of Advent, Vanessa Elston explores the themes of God opening up the spiritual landscape of faith, drawing on two lectionary readings, Matthew chapter 3 verse 1 to 12 and Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 to 11. So this is the second Sunday of Advent, uh, the season of hope. We're waiting for God to come among us, for the Holy Spirit to conceive new life in the midst of darkness, for a light to shine, for God to be born into our world, into our lives, into the fabric of our daily existence. In the reading today, John the Baptist comes preaching in the remote places of Judea, outside the cities and villages. He's a wild man, dressed in camel's hair, living on the food he can find in the natural environment locusts and wild honey. He lives beyond human society and conventions. He calls Israel to come out into the wilderness, to repent and be baptised. He comes with the spirit of an Old Testament prophet. The axe is laid at the root of the tree. The time is up for Israel. Her status as the people of God is no longer assured because something is coming is on the horizon, both judgment and redemption, the fulfilment of the long-awaited promise, one who is coming to baptise with the Holy Spirit and fire. John is identified with the voice which comes at the beginning of Isaiah 40, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight, Isaiah chapters 40 to 55 is commonly held to have been written by what we call second Isaiah, who was a prophet addressing the Jewish exiles in Babylon. This prophet spoke words to break into their compromised exile state. Comfort, comfort my people. God is coming. He's making a highway in the desert. He's calling Israel. His servant again, he's calling Israel, chosen and not rejected. Do not be afraid, for I'll help you. There'll be water in the wilderness, streams flowing in the wasteland to give drink to the thirsty. God is declaring a new thing. God will lead the blind by ways they have not known, along unfamiliar paths, turning darkness into light before them, making the rough places smooth. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Isaiah uses the image of landscape to speak powerfully of God coming to his people in a new way, to end their exile, to restore them to their true identity, and to even go beyond this, to give them the spirit in a new way. And tonight I just want to reflect on this image of landscape because I've had it in my mind for the past few months. I feel like on a personal level I've felt myself to be standing on the edge of a new landscape, 
standing on the edge of a new way of knowing and being known, that I'm being invited to explore a new reality, to know God's love in a new way. I feel a growing awareness, a sense of living at the edge of life with God, just beginning to enter in. And also for us in moods, I have had this image of us being invited together to explore a landscape. And I guess the landscape is living the Christian life, participating in the life that Christ has made available for us. The life in the spirit, becoming embodied in each of us, becoming fully human. The Christian faith can feel like a remote and distant land, far from our daily experience and existence, heaven far removed from the struggle of life on earth. The language of our tradition in the Bible can be strange and alien. The terminology, dry and dusty, like old books left on the top shelf, not living, urgent, food and drink to desperate people. But last week when we gathered and we talked about our rhythm of life and that we want the virtues, postures and practices to become part of how we develop this, this way of life, being shaped and formed by a deeper rhythm and pulse. I sort of see that as us looking at this landscape together. Because what are these virtues, postures and practices, if not ways and means to explore and inhabit this strange and familiar landscape? Ways to find our way home to God, where we belong. Ways of being led into the presence of God. Does it all sound too fanciful? Well, I think it can be helpful to imagine our human encounter with the holy as standing on the edge of an unknown, known landscape. William Countryman, in this book, which is called Living on the Border of the Holy, he puts it like this. It can be helpful to imagine our human encounter with the holy as life in a border country. It's a country in which, at privileged moments of access, we find ourselves looking over from the everyday world into another, into a world which undergirds the everyday world, limits it, defines it, gives it coherence and meaning, drives it. Yet this hidden world is not another world, but the familiar world discovered afresh. It is the everyday world seen at new depth, with new comprehension, it's like discovering that the small part of the iceberg we are familiar with is buoyed up by a much larger mass of ice beneath the surface. In the border country, one discovers connections, roots, limits, meaning. To live there for a while is like having veils pulled away. In the long run, we find that the border country is in fact the place we've always lived, but it is seen in a new and clearer light. Each of us has this landscape which lies beneath our everyday existence, and we're all called to live with an awareness of the deep under our feet. We've been called to live on the boundary, and we can ignore this call, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. We can retreat into the shadows of the everyday, the sort of comforts of day-to-day -day existence, but the voice is still there, crying within us, as Genesis puts it, we were created from dust and the breath of God. We belong to both worlds. 
When we encounter the holy, we are encountering what is essential to us, even if it is beyond us. We are being called to experience and know for ourselves what love and truth is, what holiness and awe and wonder are. To know that which is so much greater, we have to experience and inhabit this landscape for ourselves. We can't just rely on the reports of others who've experienced it for themselves. We can't just let ourselves be driven through it as a coach at quite a pace, having the highlights pointed out to us as we flash by. Some of us um, may have felt led through this landscape by the kind of tour guide that controls and reduces the experiences in a way that prevents us from exploring it for ourselves, in a way that we can't truly get to know the place we've travelled to because it's been too stage-managed, too safe, too controlled. Are we all enjoying ourselves now? Five minutes before the coach moves on, it's somehow it's just too forced. And we're never left alone to taste the risk the strangeness and the wonder for ourselves. We've not been allowed off the cliched tourist trail to explore the waterfall and the pool that caught our eye, to climb the dangerous mountain, to live with and visit the tribe and learn and be humbled by their hospitality and culture, to receive much more than we can give. I think the spiritual life is more of a rough guide, lonely planet experience of travel than the packaged tour. We have to set out not knowing completely where we're going to stay every night. We have prepared for the journey. We have maps, some contacts, we have the necessary equipment. We will take the advice of others who travel that way. We're not all prepared and foolish, but we're also open to the adventure, to responding to what we might find, to not being completely in control. But we need courage to set out on that kind of journey, to take the risk we have to want and taste and see it for ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves for such a journey. We have to turn from the distractions and the busyness that keep us from entering in. I think first entering onto this kind of landscape or journey involves exploring ourselves, because we first have to find ourselves to discover who we really are, the hurts and joys we carry within us, the voices we might have suppressed or denied. But as we travel further into ourselves, the landscape within us starts to expand outwards and we recognise we're standing on the border of something greater than ourselves. The truth and reality that underpins all existence. So God, the Holy Spirit, is calling us to climb into the landscape of our journey to truly experience it in our bodies, hearts, minds and spirits. He wants us to discover the Christian life for ourselves so we can speak from our experience. This is what life with God is like. We're no longer outside looking in, but inside looking out. We venture there for ourselves. We have our own experience and story to tell, both individually and as a community. This is my hope for Advent, for myself and all of us here, that we can begin to let the Spirit take us where we've not yet been before. We cannot get there on our own. We need each other, and we need to be open to where the Spirit is taking us. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. 
If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net. Thank you.